0: What we do in life, echoes in eternity.
1: I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today.
0: We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are.
1: This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You don't know the law? and yet you
0: pretend to represent it. That's not law enforcement, sir. That's being a thug. We will not stop fighting and bothering you all until this monstrous, barbaric practice of legalized abortion ends, and we are teaching our children to do the same.
1: God's word says that the shed blood of innocent humans cries out for justice. And mark my words, they will have their day in court. Nobody gets saved by being treated nicely, they get saved by hearing the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. If we don't open our mouths and commend Christ,
0: we're not loving him, no matter what we're doing with our hands.
1: Now while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him and he, as he was observing the city full of idols. So he's reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles in the marketplace every day with those who happen to be present. That is Acts chapter 17, verse 16 through 17. My name is Zach, and you are listening to your very first episode of Provoked. And what we want to do in this show is provoke the church to preach the gospel, rescue babies, and destroy idols. So we're super stoked. We've been planning this and praying about this for a while now, so it's it's great. We're we're glad that we can get this thing rolling. Sitting next to me is my beautiful co-host and my sister Desiree Mays. Hello. And that is the first time I've ever called you Desiree. <laughs> did you know that? Have I ever in my whole life called you by your your name?
0: Maybe when you married me and Don.
1: Did I say Desiree?
0: Probably. I don't even think I did.
1: I think it, we need to go look because I think I said Desi. Yeah. But have you ever called me Zachary? Hey, Zachary.
0: Just probably being mean. <laughs> <laughs> Just being mean. You've
1: called me worse than that. True. But we are, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And God saved you in 2009.
0: Yeah, somewhere and yeah, around there, 2009, 2010.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can talk more about it a little bit later. But a couple of people came up to me and were like, so you're, you're brothers and sisters. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're real, really real. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we're really real. But they're like, now, are you real, brothers and sisters? I'm like, yeah, we have the same mommy and daddy. Yeah, we're we're the same.
0: Yeah, I think it's because you're so tall and I'm so short. We just don't look yeah, that much alike. Yeah, that's what over. Jeff said. Yeah, he said
1: you're such a huge mammoth of a man, and you've got that <laughs> small little sister. <laughs> <laughs> but we, um, yeah, we rarely call each other by our our actual names. We have so many nicknames. Can you think of some of the nicknames that we've had growing up?
0: You called me faux head. Remember? <laughs> 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 so for you
1: it'd be well mom called you Rosie. Yeah. I call I just called you Dez. I didn't mm-hmm. even call you Desi. I, I've called you Dez our whole life. Yeah. And grub steak because mm-hmm. you would always have crap all over your face. When <laughs> I
0: was like and, a tomboy and, getting in the dirt.
1: Yeah. And Mamie Maymay was Mamie's the same way. You yeah. and her are so similar. But mine are ZZ. Yep. Yeah,
0: Yacho. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yacho. Yeah, mm-hmm. What?
0: Where'd that come from? I think dad, that, dad. That's from dad. Well,
1: it's Yacho-mite. Mm-hmm. And he would call me Yacho-mite. They would call me Yachi or Yacho.
0: You guys called me Willis.
1: Oh, Willis T. McCubby. Uh-huh. And Caleb, our brother, he had just the weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest possible <laughs> names cave. that you can imagine. Yeah. Friends of cats. Yeah. Was
0: <laughs> <one> of <laughs> Jamie had good ones, too. Yeah. So yeah, that's just a little little snapshot into our family and mm-hmm. our kind of weirdness. Yeah, and
1: t- have to get used to the weirdness. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so this is the the first one, and the format of the show is not necessarily going to be like this one. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about what to expect in the future, but I think it'd be good just to lay some groundwork as far as introduction. And I think I will start out with my testimony, not not go too long into it, so they can learn about who we are mm-hmm. and then basically uh why we're doing what we're doing right. what's the purpose because we don't want to just be using this time to do nothing um i think if we're honest we want to see the gospel go forward Amen. You know, we want to see the lost come to know jesus i think for you and i that's been our heart cry and what drives us every day for for some years now right and so we just want to use this vehicle and this tremendous opportunity that apologia has afforded us to to do that to bring all glory and honor to christ and to uh, you know, make his name known. But just a little bit about me, I guess, and I won't go too 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 far into it, but my, my testimony is weird. I think some of the things that kind of transpired, transpired in my past, I don't even know if I told you. Just, I, I feel like for me, God has always had his hand in my life. And I don't think I could ever get to a point, or I don't, I don't think I ever remember a time when I didn't believe in God. I always believed in him. Even my best friend, jb when we would hang out you know we would cuss like kids would do because we mm-hmm. we weren't necessarily raised in a christian home you no, know right i'm thankful for dad and, and all that he's done for us we weren't necessarily in a christian home by god's grace god saved dad mm-hmm. um and i think when he was in his 40s right and saved mom mm-hmm. and saved our brothers and sisters but we didn't necessarily have like a primary predominant Christian influence. Right. But I could just feel like God had his hand on me. Like JB and I, we would cuss, but we would never say the Lord's name in vain. Mm. So we're like, okay, you could say the F word right. or whatever it is. But if you use God's name in vain, we would punch each other in the face, <laughs> which is so weird because yeah. we didn't have any, you know, Christian influence like telling us not to do right. that. Right. But I just felt like God has always been upon my life. I remember um, just... Getting excited about Easter because mm-hmm. that's when they showed like the Jesus films and stuff like that. But right. I remember I would be so riveted to that and so excited about Easter, not to get all the candy and the bunny stuff mm. and all that, but to watch those Jesus films. Right. And when I was in first and second grade, my friends used to tell me that I was an angel that God sent to tell them about Jesus.
0: What? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. I, don't, I can't even believe I haven't even shared this wow. with you. And so it, to me, looking back, it was God just always kind of wooing me or mm-hmm. wooing me from a, even a young age. Yeah. Never really ever believing that there was no God. Right. Believing that there was a God. Jesus uh, was my savior, uh, yeah. which is kind of baffles my mind because, again, we didn't have that influence.
0: You were predestined. So. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I remember it, kind of what what kind of set things off was when I was 10 or 11 and we were living with mom in San Carlos. And you remember that house? Mm-hmm. And with Jeremiah, our stepbrother. Yeah. And just feeling like oppressed. Like right. I couldn't sleep at all. Like I remember telling Caleb, my younger brother, and, and Jeremiah, you know, stay up with me. Try to stay up with me as long as they could because mm-hmm. I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. I just felt like an evil kind of an oppression mm-hmm. for a long time. And then Jamie our older sister she started going to that church sanctuary mm-hmm. it was like a church for rockers right because she was super into heavy metal and stuff Right. and i remember going into her room and seeing all those different remember she had that little blue room with all the pictures of the kind of you know, like black sabbath oh stuff yeah i that. remember yeah. that yeah ozzy and mm-hmm. right and so i go in i'm like dude i can't sleep i haven't been able to sleep i just feel like an evil kind of presence and she just like shares the gospel with me like clearly Uh and I remember I just embraced Christ at that point of course he embraced me I feel like that was the point and you never really know I think some people have these really dramatic salvation experiences I don't think I ever had that yeah but it was at that point where I felt something and I slept like a baby from there that oppressive uh presence just went away um and so after that you know i didn't really have any you know we weren't going to church or anything like mm-hmm. that i didn't have any spiritual guidance and so you know from maybe 14 to 19 i just got heavy into partying and you know drug use and that was kind of what i wanted to do i wanted to i wanted to grow weed and sell it yeah and so that was my trajectory uh again to spending all the money i could on partying just kind of wasted my life away and then jb my best friend for Growing up, you know, he gets a hold of me and he says, hey, I'm going to this church out in, I think it was a South San Diego called Grace Church. Mm-hmm. And he kept on inviting me to this church. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to go. You know, I'm just too busy doing my own thing. Yeah. And he keeps on persistently, you know, inviting me. And so I end up going, and it's a charismatic church, and they're like waving banners around <laughs> in church and doing like back handsprings and cartwheels, and you know, it was just a, like a Pentecostal yeah. charismatic church. And I was like, "Whoa, you know, this is kind of over the top." But I felt like, you know, in my own prayer life, I'm like, "Well, I feel like God, you're drawing me to yourself. I, I think I'm going to be a Christian, but I don't know if I'm going to be doing stuff like that." Mm-hmm. So
0: I can't. I just pictured you doing that though.
1: <laughs> my big old body. Can you imagine that. Well, we, like
0: Chris Farley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> no, go ahead. I don't care. Um,
1: so anyway, they go to this little church with like thirty or forty charismatics, but they were sweet, you know. Yeah. And they started to pray for me specifically. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I feel like if I wasn't regenerated at ten or eleven when I was going through that dark time, mm-hmm. I feel like it was then at yeah. eighteen when God just got a hold of me, and you know I. It was from that point at 18, I haven't looked back. So I've, it was a, you know, fully committing myself to the Lord God, really gifting me faith, gifting me repentance, turning from the drugs and turning. I remember, you know, it was crazy because I was doing so much, you know, swung so much weed, I wanted to grow it, and I just go back to these. Stoners and they were sitting in a room, and I'm like, "Hey, we need to start reading the Bible to these guys." And they're like, "What?" You know. And so I just got rid of everything, and yeah. you know, a lot of those relationships just faded away.
0: I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, after that, I felt like within just a couple days, I was called to be a pastor. Wow. You know, almost instantly. And then evangelism. was wow. Like it was pastoring and then evangelism was big, and even at that time, when I was in 1819, I. I saw such a disparity in the church as I was going through the scriptures, just, you know, just devouring the scriptures, such a a disconnect from biblical evangelism to the evangelism that I was seeing. Yeah. Even at that time, just saying, you know, I really think, you know, we're supposed to just go to the lost people and share the simple gospel. with Right. And anyway, that was just been on my heart since the beginning, you know, to reach people with the gospel and to pastor. And so uh, maybe just go forward a little bit. I went to bible college so this church had a connection with the church in poway called living way church mm-hmm. and they said hey you know if you were called to be a pastor if you really want to be in a, you know uh, an evangelist as well start going to this bible college yeah so i drove up there um and the first day i drove in like my, my jeep you know, was all wrecked and i had a black eye and I walk in to register to this uh, Bible college. Do you
0: remember why you had a black eye? I don't even know. Oh. I don't know why.
1: I don't <laughs> think I got in a fight with anybody. I had a big old black eye. Maybe I was messing around with, with a kid or I, you know, with one from one of my friends or something like yeah. that. Big old black eye, shaved head. <laughs> and I walk in and I see Jessica. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she talked to me for for a second. And the first, like, initial, you know... Um, meeting or my perspective my perspective of her was she's very bold Mm -hmm. you know she was very bold and came up and talked to me and and so she went home after that after meeting me for the first time and told her parents um i found my husband i found the guy i'm gonna marry which i can't even believe it because i was crazy (laughs) you know i would like if jess if zoe came home and said oh i found my my husband had then pointed to a guy like me, I would have been like, Whoa, you because know, 'cause I'm super young in my faith. I mean, just brand new and yeah. just still doing stupid stuff. Uh so I start going to that Bible college. I meet Jess, mm-hmm. and she was initially interested in me. And I had a friend who was interested in her. And so he comes up to me and says, Do you want to court her? Do you want to go after her? I'm like, No, no, no. Just mm-hmm. go ahead and, you know, go, go for it. And so since he was my best friend at that time, we were, you know, going to Bible college together, we started hanging out with her. Mm-hmm. So as we were hanging out with more, you know, her more, I just got to see the person that she was and get to know her. And mm-hmm. God just like supernaturally just dropped love for her in my heart. Wow. It was like a switch mm-hmm. that went on. And, um, I told her, I said, You know, me and my buddy didn't, you know, it's not like we, our relationship broke up. He he just understood. Right. And so I, I told her, I said, you know, I, I love you like a husband and I want you to marry me. And she was like, whoa, let's put the brakes on this. (laughs) And so I was like an idiot because she wasn't there yet. Mm. And I was like, well, okay, we're done. So I just, you're dumped, (laughs) just dumped her right there. And then I went to my pastor and talked to talk to him about it and he's like you're just a selfish idiot and I appreciate that about (laughs) him he says you know he showed me the differences of love Mm -hmm. you know worldly selfish type of love and of course went through all the different aspects of love
0: you're like 20 then yeah okay I think yeah 20 no I'm 19 19
1: yeah I'm 19 because we got married we're going to celebrate our 20th anniversary in a couple months that's so awesome yeah so I'm 20 and then you know he kind of shapes me up and kicks me in the tail and then I go back to her and say, you know, I, I was selfish. And um, well, we'll just see what God does. And mm-hmm. we were married 10 months later. Wow. Okay, so I'm, I'm getting too far out of this.
0: I think it's important, though. I'm glad you added all that.
1: Yeah. So we go to Bible college together. And after three years, you know, we were going to get our four-year degree, um, mind and pastoral studies. So after three years, my pastor, you know, calls us into his office. And he's like, hey, I used to pastor a church. Or be the associate pastor of a church in Arizona in Phoenix called um, Bible Fellowship Church, mm-hmm. and they they need an associate pastor, and so I said, okay, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, we're twenty-one and twenty, and you know, pack up the U-Haul and. Move on over to Phoenix and go to this little church. We walk in the church. It's like shag carpet. It was like walking into the 60s. Wow. I mean, they had like, it was like you actually walk, even the suits that they wore. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so we do our best for two years just to love and we learned so much. And it was a good, it was a good for a while. I really have relationships even today. Um, some of my best friends, I still know from, from that experience. But one of the downfalls was the pastor of that church was letting prophets into Mm. the church. And and unfortunately he just moved away from God's word. And so my pastor in Poway, Pastor Doug Balcom, he, uh, he said, man, you got to get out. That's just unhealthy. You know, whenever you depart from the word and you start allowing these, you know, um, negative influences in as far as prophets and stuff, like that, you just got to get out. And so I'm so thankful for that that council because we had poured our life into this little church. Right. And, um, it was, it was rough, but it was the right thing to do. So we come home after, three, after two years. And you had Zoe. And we had Zoe in mm-hmm. 2003. Right. Yeah. So we come home, and I finish my degree, and I'm just, you know, really just serving the church, mm-hmm. seeking God, uh, evangelizing. Ray Comfort was kind of new to the scene mm-hmm. at that time, and he was introducing his, you know, his ministry and his method of evangelism, which was mind-blowing, and I just remember getting into that. So 2009 um, is when we started City on Hill Church. Mm-hmm. And it was just us mm-hmm. and you, it was you and Don mm-hmm. and, and Dad and Veronica, my stepmom, and my brother mm-hmm. and his, was they, were they married at the time? No, they weren't. Um, no, they married a couple months after we
0: started. Right, right, it was close, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And Mom so, would come and Jamie would come and yeah. Yeah, our older sister. And and Cliff and Vicki. Right, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So we start the church, and we just build from the ground up. And being a church planner is hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know all the all the time, all the how many? I wonder how many invites we handed out to church. Yeah. hundreds of thousands probably, right? If not like tens of thousands. So yeah. just building it from the ground up.
0: Doing turkey giveaways, and turkey giveaways, and hot all dogs. Sorts of stuff. And <laughs>
1: yeah, until we found out that evangelism is just preaching the gospel. That's right. For yeah. So we went through all of that mm-hmm. type of kind of an American evangelical definition right. of evangelism so we've done all that
0: trying you know? to fill the seats yeah
1: just trying to make the church grow right you know uh, which is rough on pastors mm-hmm. right? because your success is built upon how many people are coming and you know who fills the seats and all that kind of stuff anyway yeah so we do that and in 2011 um, is when you know Tony Miano which is a precious brother in the Lord he started to do his, his own ministry, Cross Encounters mm-hmm. Ministry. And and that was just so pivotal for me because I saw this man go out and just share the gospel bold right. and have these bold gospel conversations. And he led the way he was, you know, and I appreciate him. He's still doing it today. I mean, just just an immense brother in the Lord and just so formative for me in what it means to not only evangelize biblically, but from a reformed perspective too, right. from a reformed theological position. Mm-hmm. So he was such a such a catalyst for me. And so in 2012, he starts going to the abortion mill. Mm-hmm. And before that, I really hadn't been on our radar because mm-hmm. we didn't start going to the abortion mill until about 2012, I think. That
0: sounds about right. Right. Yeah.
1: So he starts going and then my eyes are kind of opened up. I'm like, wait, he's going to the abortion clinic. Because mm-hmm. again, the plight of the pre-born uh, babies in the womb dying, it just never even crossed my mind. Right. We never even really talked about it, I don't think maybe a little bit, um, just that it was wrong, but we had no serious interest in it whatsoever.
0: I do remember um, talking to you though, early on, I don't know if this was before you started, you know, connecting with Tony, but I do remember you praying and telling me um, that you suddenly just felt a burden for abortion. Um, yeah. When we'd be setting up for church and you're like, man, I've, I've just been praying and seeking the Lord and he's just really given me this burden all of a sudden about abortion. Yeah. Um, And so I think probably it was around the same time. I think
1: because um, I, you know, I, I still to this day, even though I, I, I'm thankful for sitting on a hill, mm-hmm. I think. That's hard. You know, God's sovereign right. over all things. So I don't know. Part of me says maybe I shoehorned myself in a position that I necessarily shouldn't have been in, mm. you know, because the spiritual influences that I had had at that time, I mm-hmm. don't think, um, were directing me in the right, in the right place.
0: Well, yeah, it's hard for me yeah, because yeah. I came to the Lord right through that so god's purpose was church. yeah worse. so god did in discipleship right. and all that so
1: right so anyway I so i i just go to, i just say that because i had spent so much time in like fasting and prayer yeah just seeking the will of god right feeling like an unsettledness in my spirit that right. maybe this is not the we're not going to be doing this forever and right so just like seeking the will of god what do you what do you want and, and that was that time after i think six months of praying where i was in church and and then just the word abortion popped up in my mind. And I think mm-hmm. that was before even, you know, Tony had started going out and yeah. uh, ministering at his abortion clinic. So, yeah, he had dropped that word in my heart. And I look over to Josh, remember, mm-hmm. and to say, I think I'm supposed to start doing something with babies. And then from that point, God began to really, right. you know, reveal his will and and, and change things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was 2012. And then 2013, I go to Philly. In September 2013, I go to Philadelphia, and Jeremiah Cry, which is an amazing evangelistic organization, uh, Jeff, heads, Jeff Rose heads up, and it was at that, at that uh, first Herald Society, that Rusty Thomas preached, and he preached his um, message on blood guiltiness, and that's actually in the first "babies are murdered" here. Right. Um, I was at that. If you if you look and if you ever check that out. And he just preached that, and it was like I was undone. Yeah, you know, everything was going to change um, my life. Now, a huge aspect of my life was just to work to rescue babies.
0: Yeah, I remember you telling me when you got back that it was like a, a knife going into your heart. Right, like it was like really affected you. Yeah.
1: yeah, it did. You know, and I didn't ask for it. I just sought the will of God, and of course, He revealed His will. Right, as, as time went on, and it was totally nothing that I, you know, I was just kind of stuck in that. Okay, God, I just want to see more people come and grow the church, right. and, you know, kind of a, um, I guess, a a different perspective, or maybe a faulty perspective about what it means to be a pastor in a church planner. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I go there. And that was just, God really spoke to my heart, really moved um, through that sermon. And then I come back and the church dissolves in January 9th of 2014, you know, hmm. And what happens after that is and how I get back into Arizona is there's a pastor that I had made a connection with when I was pastoring here mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Right. And so he calls me and he's elderly and he says, look, I'm I, he was 80, I think, at the time. And he had been pastoring since 1959. Wow. And so he's saying I'm, I'm looking for a potential successor. Yeah. So I go to Phoenix Christian Assembly. And this doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. You know, we try, but God makes it clear that Mm -hmm. this is not, I'm not going to be the successor. And vast theological differences. Mm -hmm. um, Love a lot of the people, of course, Mm -hmm. there and the connections that I made. Right. um, But he just made it clear. It's, you know, this is not going to be the end all. Right. So I do that. And that's July of 2014 to where we kind of dissolve that type of relationship. And then the next Sunday, I walk into Apologia. Now, I had known Apologia because at that time where God kind of, you know, awakened me to the situation with babies dying and child murder. I think he awakened Pastor Jeff and Pastor Luke at the same time. Mm -hmm. And Tony was even a huge uh, influence on them. Wow! Uh, So it's just weird. So I I knew that they were getting into the fight. And so I had listened to the redemption radio and apology. And so Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let's go there. And my whole heart, because, you know, after the church closing and then coming here and having the situation with phoenix christian assembly not work out i was just down yeah you know like man you Mm -hmm. know it's like i'm having to start over again right so i came into the church just thinking i don't i don't don't really need to be a pastor i don't need to be a leader Mm -hmm. i just want to serve right i want to be a soldier on the streets
0: i remember you saying those words verbatim to me i just am looking forward to going to church and serving and not being in any type of leadership role because you know you had done it for years and you were kind of just burned out right yeah
1: yeah well so it was it was was just you know
0: discouraged a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I
1: think in all of that was a crushing, you know, that God does to men. Yeah. Um, to do, mold your character. It's all part of the sanctification and preparation process for future things. Right. Now that I know you never you never see it though when you're going through it. You're like, okay, I'm yeah. done. You know, this is God just shelving me because of my past failures. And mm. but that's that's not what happens. So we walk in a church and, and I really all I wanted to do was serve at the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll walk into church and pastor Jeff like preaches the best sermon on abortion. And I don't, I don't, I don't, even think we have it up. I never, I don't know what happened to it, but it was just so riveting. And God, just like God used Rusty to mm-hmm. kind of awaken me, God used Jeff, uh, at that moment. And I, I even felt like he looked at me and he said, we need people to help in the abortion clinic ministry. And I was like, okay, yeah, I hear you, Lord. <laughs> yeah. I'm. I'm done, yeah. I'm here, yeah, and so we just start serving, mm-hmm. and then, after a couple of years of looking at me, and now I'm one of the pastors here, yeah, and yeah, I just I'm just blown away every day. I get to serve next to these guys, I'm, yeah they're tremendous, I feel like the odd man now because <laughs> these these pastors and people here at the church are just phenomenal,
0: yeah,
1: so that's a little bit about me, and what we do on a day to day basis, I'm the pastor of um local outreach right, as well as other other things that we do of course we all wear kind of different hats um but we're all about getting out into the marketplace with the gospel and trying to save babies
0: yeah so you are a father of seven now right yes you have six children and one on the way yeah which is amazing one in heaven that's right yeah Yeah, so Mm -hmm.
1: eight so six here one coming and then one Heaven, and so you got a baby too.
0: Yeah, so we just found out we're we're having a baby. So we're we're getting to have babies together.
1: Yeah, would that be crazy if it'd be the same day?
0: Huh? Yeah, which God's timing's just unreal. What's so, your due date? Like August thirtieth.
1: Yeah, Jess is maybe
0: it's like a week later or something like that. It's, it's a
1: jingle been, juice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm married to Don. We've been married for it'll be 14 years this year, mm-hmm. and I have two babies: uh, a nine year old and a um no he's not nine yet he's eight turning nine and i have a two-year-old and they're the best and we have one on the way so yeah we get to have babies together hey did you read i know did you read that just remind me you're not having a baby jess is having a baby but i was just thinking about that article i just read it was like uh trans man gives birth to baby with non-binary partners sperm and the doctor was also trans i'm like what the heck people are gonna like in like, i swear in like 20 years people are gonna look back and read these headlines and be like was everybody high like <laughs> it's just insane
1: it's so hard to wrap your mind around but yeah it is i mean it's just the the outworking of romans chapter one. Oh yeah where for god sure. gives them over to a debased mind right. i mean can you imagine that type of headline in like the 50s what they would do oh my gosh just the uproar of like like a national uproar over that single situation it would right have there. been they
0: would have been like what the heck is happening i think it's going to be like you know how like if you go back and look at 80s um like mtv videos you go like i can really see where people were doing a lot of like cocaine and meth during that time because they're just crazy yeah. like i think that's what people are going to look back at our headlines and of course we know it's romans you know they're suppressing the truth they've been handed over you know to their own sin right yeah. but i think people that maybe don't know that will be like was everybody on drugs because it's so insane
1: yeah so. yeah i think just biblically it's you know, people say, oh man, the judgment's coming. Right. You know, for, for, and and as Rusty uh, says a lot, I mean, it's it's, it's amazing that we're still here yeah. because of all the babies that die and, and all the, the children that are being murdered. But that is the judgment of God. And when you see the stuff like that, that mm. is him judging and giving them over to a debased mind, right? right? It just, all of that flows out of a, de- a mentality of depravity. Right. And that's what happens when you don't acknowledge God when you continue to spurn him your heart just continues to get harder and harder and yeah. harder and then you eventuate to absolute absurdity like that right yeah. so, so why don't you go into your testimony and tell us about who you are
0: okay first of all I just do you want to say talk about your kids because I said I have. oh yeah so you have six I told myself to I'm like don't forget about well kids. that's
1: yeah so Zoe is my eldest and I love her so much she was born January 27, 2003. Mm-hmm. Preston's almost as tall as... No, he's a, he's as tall as I am. Yeah, he's yeah. tall. So he's the second. He's the boy. And he's born on March... Why am I giving their birthdays?
0: yeah It's okay. Like, and their social security. <laughs> <laughs> Blood type. So Preston
1: is the second oldest. And then you have Reese, mm-hmm. Jude, and then Macy, Phoebe, and...
0: A baby on the way. baby on the way. That little Donald Trump Jr.?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're dead yeah <laughs> there goes our show right there
0: <laughs> um
1: okay so how about okay you share your testimony
0: okay um well let's see I feel like the same kind of when you were t- talking to me about how you feel like God always had a hand on your life of course he did you know um I kind of feel the same way you know we grew up in not a Christian home, but Mm -hmm. we did have some introduction to Jesus. We went to church, I would say, like Easter. Yeah, Christmas and Easter. Right. Remember the church in Torrey Pines? Right, yeah. yeah. So there was some introduction, although I had no real biblical knowledge of the gospel or anything like that. Um, But I knew about Jesus and dying on the cross and just a very basic, you know, um, understanding. Um, And so if somebody were to ask me, as a kid, even, I would have said I was a Christian, um, but I wasn't, and, um, but I do feel like there were times, like, even as a teenager, I remember I when we lived out in um, Mount Helix, I would go and sneak over to this church called Skyline when they were having, they used to have their services out of a junior high, and for some reason, when I learned how to drive, I would go, I don't know why I snuck, I wouldn't get in trouble, but I would just go attend their services by myself. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah like not regularly, but just here and there, just, I was like curious. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I remember when you got saved and I was like, oh, that's cool because yeah, you were just a partier and, you know, and, uh, it was kind of crazy. I remember being like, wow. I mean, I just remember seeing you change really drastically.
1: Yeah. Do you remember, um, when I was, cause yeah, I feel like God got a hold of me at 18. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if he didn't regenerate me at 10 or 11 when Jamie shared the gospel, then maybe it was then. But do you remember coming into my room that one time and you said, I want to serve Christ with all my heart?
0: Yeah. And I don't like, I just think that's God's grace. Because it's like I his
1: wooing. Yeah. You know, just this process of the spirit of God wooing you to himself. Right.
0: Right. Because yeah. I didn't serve him with all my heart for right. years after that, you right. know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I just was like, grew up in did all the things non-believers do and um, got married and said I was a Christian, but I wasn't. And um, yeah, I was deceived. I mean, I would, I was so blatantly not a Christian. I, I like sometimes cringe and remember like trying to witness to people kind of, um, but just having just terrible Terrible, terrible theology, and I was not converted. You know, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm a Christian," but uh, you know, also Buddhism is cool. <laughs> just, yeah. just crap. This is pure crap. And yeah. my, the fruit of my life was evident of that. You know, um, so I just, I was, I wanted, I, I wanted to be like an actress, and um, I had all these desires for fame and for um, money and just the you know, pleasures of the world. I, I like to just go out and party. And, um, I was working at Nordstrom and going to San Diego state university. And I met Don cause he was working there too. And same thing. I saw him. I'm not kidding. You can ask. I have a friend named Angela. She was with me. I was going down the escalator and I saw Don from afar and I was like, Oh, I'm going to marry that guy. No way. Yeah. I said that. Yeah. Um, He's and super sexy. <laughs> true. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um so we ended up getting engaged a year later after dating and uh then we got married a year after that and then three years after that you started the church and we were like um you know I remember you asking if we would come help it was close to our house and so we're like yeah sure you know we'll come help I'm I'm a Christian so sure I'll go um but at that time we were like we lived for the weekends going out and partying on fridays and saturday nights so sunday morning that was like kind of a bummer for us <laughs> to have to get up early you know um but we started doing it mm-hmm. um, because we love you and jess and um god just began to change both of our hearts because i mean really that was the first time i i was introduced to the gospel, yeah. to the want, actual gospel.
1: Want to tell him about the Bible studies?
0: Oh yeah! So I would—I remember going to your the Bible studies in your house, and uh, it was so, it was such a sweet time though when you think about yeah. it, like so intimate and like uh, just sweet. You know, we would worship together, and just really the foundations of the faith. Like just really, that was the first time I was really introduced to like who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though I was an idiot uh I look back at those times with such fondness you know yeah, I just yeah, me too. I remember um just being like um what about homosexuality I'll never teach my children yeah you we know? could
1: be like talking about the different lakes <laughs> in Jerusalem like, different yeah. seas, mm-hmm. like the different seas like Sea of Galilee like okay homosexuality is what I want to talk about yeah
0: yeah, yeah. and then I remembered like so clearly um Walking out with you, walked us out um, to our car, and I said, Dude, I can't, I don't even know if I could do this, you know. And you're like, Well, you have to decide, you know, are you going to do what you want to do, or are you going to die and follow Jesus? And I hope that you do follow Jesus, but, you know, whatever ends up happening, I love you. I'm always going to be here for you. And it was like at that point, um, things started to change. And I remember seeing my husband change first, like God just humbling him and and him kind of transforming before my eyes. So that kind of shook me up a little bit, just witnessing that change. And then I remember being, you know, I, I told you this before, but I remember being um, at church one morning and sitting there and listening to you preach. And I remember I just had the fear of the Lord come over me. And I felt like all of a sudden I was like scared. Like I was like, crap. <laughs> I'm a sinner I am a sinner and I need Jesus and um and he saved us I I don't know what to say except for he's amazing and gracious and you know I totally thought I was um saved before but my heart was so so far from him and so then after that it was just you know everything changed um and uh again like that time I look back was you know it was hard like doing a church plant and all the stuff we went through and all the hours we put in, but I still look back at that being such a right. pivotal time in my yeah. life because it was such a small church that you and Jess were able to like disciple us so intimately and I was able to ask you all the questions. And um, so I just so appreciate that time um, in my walk. But um, yeah, I remember saying to my friends, cause they were like, wow, you're really going to church now and stuff. And I'm like, I literally said, yes, but I'm not like some weirdo evangelist. And then God just came.
1: Yeah, because you told me. I remember yeah. one of those Bible studies. You said, I'm never going to tell my kids that yeah. homosexuality is a sin yeah. or wrong. And I'm never going to tell my kids that abortion is wrong. Right. I remember you saying that.
0: Or even like that they, I'm never going to push Christianity. You know, right. they can choose for themselves. I just had horrible theology. Mm-hmm. But then just this, like, as soon as I was saved and I felt like God gave me a new heart, it was just like going and telling people about Jesus is like, just what Christians do. Like, cause that's what you showed us. And like, that's just what I kind of learned really early on was a basic, like, Christianity 101 is you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you repent and turn to Christ and die, and you go and tell people about Jesus. Right. Those were, to me, were like just the basics of Christianity. And so, so after, um, after the church had shut down, you know, um, We started going to another church and talking to other Christians and just, you know, in general, talking to other Christians. I was really naive. I thought everybody kind of knew that and kind of like I I was naive to all these different (laughs) theology, uh, you know, different theology and different um, ways that Christians would act. So I remember like talking to Christians and being like, oh, yeah, me and my husband, we started going out to the trolleys in San Diego to tell people just share the gospel. like. He would preach and I would do like one-on-one and we would like pass out tracks, you know, with you, like you mm-hmm. you did that. Um, but I remember being like, oh yeah, we, we go to the trolley and we just go tell people about Jesus. And I remember these Christians that were, said they were Christians for like 15 years. They were like, what? Well, what do you mean? Like, what do you tell them? Do you tell them that Jesus loves you? Like. I'm like, uh, <laughs> well, I tell them about the holiness of God and mm-hmm. I tell them about their nature and I, I, I tell them the gospel. And that was so foreign to them right. that it was just strange to me. Um, And not in a way where I felt like self-righteous, like, oh, well, I share the gospel and you don't. It was like, a, I was actually really discouraged by it. I was like, because to them, it was like a weird thing. And so I was like, you mean there's Christians that, don't tell people about Jesus. Like I was so naive, I just didn't know that. And then I started to even kind of question my own. Like, well, maybe I am doing it wrong. Maybe, maybe it should just be events where you invite people to church, and they have a big youth conference, and they, you know, then hopefully they'll come to church. But I, you know, used just start to kind of wrestle with those things. But then as, yeah. as you just go through the scriptures and God just corrects your way of thinking, I'm like, no, this is what the christians lived and died for in the bible
1: (laughs) yeah and it's pretty conceptually simple
0: yeah it is but it's just like in america we've like made it so confusing you know um and so anyways that's that's pretty much it um and then i i just over the years have gone out with you and my husband has led the way and and just um going out and preaching to the lost. You know, he preaches and I have gospel conversations and God has just blessed that. And really that's like our goal. If we have goals for the rest of our life is I just want to share Jesus with as many people as I can. Um, I remember... I'm um, struggling with the issue of abortion um, and like when I was first saved being like, well, I still, I kind of knew it was wrong, but I'm like, I can never tell somebody else not to do that. It's a lady, a woman's choice. It's her body, blah, 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 all that. Um, and then I remember you handed me or you told me to go to um, 180 movie and I watched that yeah. and I was pregnant with Liam and I just bald my eyes out like that, changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. And then after that, God gave me the burden to help save babies. Yeah. So really, I just, I wanna raise my kids be a faithful wife and uh mom. And I want to tell as many people I, as I can about Jesus. And I want to um, help rescue babies and see abortion abolished. Right. That's, <laughs> that's what, what we are talking about
1: on the drive over here. So yeah. We're not some special people. <laughs> yeah. No way. We're about as ordinary as you can get. Yeah. And, um, and I think uh, we want to capture that because, you know, the real work of evangelism is just done by the body. Right. And I think a part of, you know, we've been talking about maybe uh, extra biblical evangelistic methodologies or maybe um, the broader american church has redefined it yeah than what it truly is and one of those things that we do is we think that only superstars can share the gospel right you know only if i had the intellect of so-and-so or Mm -hmm. you know then i'd be capable of sharing the gospel with my neighbor but that's not the biblical methodology that's not the biblical example it's just you know, if you look in the book of Acts, they went, the Bible says they all went out boldly proclaiming the gospel. Yeah. And so they went to the lost and they shared the gospel. That's, right. that's it. And then they suffered and died and, and it was all for the sake of Christ. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. Right. So that's a little, that's who we are. Yeah. And again, we're just brother and sister and um, we feel passionate about the plight of the preborn and we work hard to rescue as many babies as we can with
0: yeah.
1: as many people as we can and we share the gospel with whoever we can. Um, so we can get into the purpose, like, why do we call it provoked and what is the purpose? So I'm going to ask you a question before I do that is what do you want to, what do you want to get out of this podcast or why, what do you want to see this podcast accomplish?
0: Well, I feel like God blessed me through, uh, giving me you and other people in my life that really, um, encouraged me and reminded me because when i was a a new christian i you know i i totally doubted like i that i could talk to somebody about jesus you know like even though that was very fun you know fun foundational and like in the beginning i knew you had to i i really doubted i'm like i don't know enough about the bible Mm -hmm. you know um so i doubted my own abilities but i would hope that this um I would hope that this podcast would help to encourage other people to know that if you're a born again Christian and you're listening to this, uh, you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you mm-hmm. and you have the authority, Jesus gave it to you, to go and share the gospel with people. It's not only a command, but you you have the power to do it. And so I hope that this um, that this podcast encourages people that maybe feel like they're inept that they don't have the right words or eloquence um that they they can and they should and god will provide the words and that he will be faithful to um give them the strength to do to do that and also um i hope that we talk a lot about idols i know we that's part of a big part of this is you know just taking down idols in our life. I mean, that's, you go through the book of Acts, it's huge. And it really, like Calvin says, we're, we're idol making factories. So yep. it's something that we really need to be aware of and to um, encourage each other to put those suckers to death.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way of explaining it. So I would say the purpose of the show is threefold. So we want to provoke, provoke, mm-hmm. and we'll get into the, why we use that word. We actually, Tried to come up with a bunch of names. What did it take us two months to find a name? And then Don just says, hey. We're like,
0: perfect. Yeah, remember you and me and Luke were like going back and forth and we could not agree on anything. On anything.
1: I don't (laughs) know how many names we went through. But we want to provoke. And that word provoke actually in the original language, it it means to incite Mm -hmm. to action. Sometimes you think, hey, stop provoking your sister. Yeah. You know, it's only about making somebody angry. Right. But it's not. And we actually do need to be angry. Mm -hmm. about certain things, but it's inciting somebody action. So what we're trying to do is we want to provoke our brothers and sisters to confront the culture with the gospel. right? And that's exactly what Paul did when he was provoked in his spirit. And I'm going to read the verse again. It says, now, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing the city full of idols. So he saw the idolatry going on, his spirit was provoked to action. And what did he do? Well, verse 17. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happen to be present. So what works in tandem with sharing the gospel, getting the gospel into the marketplace is tearing down the false idolatrous ideological systems. Right. Systems of thought that people adhere to that are anti-Christ that actually get in the way of the gospel message. So that's what he did. He saw it, he was provoked. And then he reasoned with them about their belief structures. Mm-hmm. And then as he was tearing those down, he would he would erect or he would construct the gospel on top of that. Right. You know, so it's demolishing what people believe that's aberrant and erroneous and you know not according to the word of God. These these ideological systems that hold them in slavery. Yeah. And then sharing the gospel and then, of course, looking at these different issues through a biblical worldview, right, or through the lens of Scripture. So that's what we want to do, and then we want to get people into the fight when it comes to rescuing babies. That's one of the big purposes. And um, as you said, just equip the church, right? You know, we we can't say it enough. We're we're nobody special. We're filled with the Spirit of God. We know the true gospel. Yeah, and so we want to help people to understand that.
0: I I kind of like describe it like this i am a terrible singer like i do not i can't carry a tune but i have gone up during karaoke to show people like hey if i can go sing you can do it <laughs> so right it's kind of an example of like hey look at like i remember you showing me look if i can do it you can do it so we're nobody special if we can do it anybody can do it that's why i love like going back to ray comfort it's just Every Christian can, can share the gospel.
1: Absolutely. We're filled with the spirit. Right. And we have the truth. Right. We can share the false gospel. And we'll, as we, you know, move down the road, we'll teach on what the gospel, because there is essential gospel components mm-hmm. that comprise the message. Right. It's not just Jesus loves you. Right. You know, and it's not only, hey, you're going to hell. Right. Right. So we can become, we can truncate the gospel. Sure. And it's got to have the essential components. If it doesn't, there's no power there. So what we do, unfortunately, as Christians is we want to take components out because for the fear of man Mm -hmm. or not only for the fear of man to because we don't want to tell them the hard truths about hell and Mm -hmm. everlasting punitive judgment, the wrath of God. But we'll also take away the grace of God because we can get out there and just beat people over the head. You see that all the time, unfortunately, on YouTube, Mm -hmm. YouTube, just people laying into people. And so it's got to be a balanced presentation of the gospel full of grace right. and full of truth. Uh, but a big part of the show is, again, this subject of um, idolatry, you know, tearing down idolatrous systems of thought. Yeah. Um, when if you if you think biblically and historically, when God's people put away false worship, um, by the way of the destruction of their own idols, that always, always, always results in God's blessing. So a huge undergirding issue right. when it comes to the state of the the nation, the state of the church in the nation, is false worship. Right. It's people worshiping idols. But when God's people engage in idolatry, uh, that's always, always, always results in false worship. And then we're going to get into pastor toby's sermon on that yeah and the weeks to come and he just so clearly explains how everything flows into the culture out of the house of god right you know, if it's false worship if it's strange fire that's happening within the house of god that's going to have an impacting effect on the culture yeah um so, go ahead sorry to interrupt no, because to we get.
0: It. i feel like we get this question a lot so i just want to address it now um so people tell ask us why focus so much on abortion what's your response
1: yeah, that's a good one, um, because people will say, well, all sin is sin, mm-hmm. and I don't believe that. I right. don't think that's biblical to say all sin is sin. Mm-hmm. Of course, every, in the book of James says, if we fa- if we fail at even one point of the law, and I'm paraphrasing right now, right. we're guilty of it all. Exactly, So yeah. um, one sin, one lie, one, even if you steal a little bit of beef jerky like me and JB used to do it, mm-hmm. you know, thrifty yeah. back in the day, that's still a transgression of the law of God. Right. And because God is perfectly righteous and perfectly just, right. He must punish sin. Uh, he would fail to be the expression of His own self mm-hmm. if He didn't. So, uh, but different sins have different degrees of destruction. Right. right? Uh, God puts certain sins in the class of abominable. Right. So, the shedding of innocent blood would be in the class of an abominable sin. Homosexuality mm-hmm. is in the class of an abominable sin. It's abominable in the sight of God because it's a blight on his character. All mm-hmm. sin, of course, is a blight on the character of God. Because mm-hmm. uh, as we sin, we come outside of how God designed us to bear his image, to be the image bearers of God. So, yeah. But we focus on abortion because it is, is, it is in that area of abomin- abomination. Right. You think about it just practically. So say say we're walking, uh, say we, we plan an evangelistic event right. and we're gonna go preach the gospel at some sporting event. And then as we're going, we hear, you know, there's a guy right down the street and he's killing two-year-olds in a home. Mm -hmm. And we're right next to there. Yeah. What do you think we should do first? Go preach the gospel or go try to save those babies?
0: Right. We're going to go save those babies. So So there's a
1: certain situations... And we're not saying the gospel, you know, saving babies is more important. The gospel proclamation. No. Actually, the only way to save babies is with the gospel. You can't do without the gospel. Right. We're not saying that. Yeah. But we're saying there's situations within the nation or just within the broader culture that's happening that has degrees of urgency. Right. important. So, like, if yeah. we
0: were. This is the the great evil of our age. You know, if we were living back in the times during slavery and we saw a black person being beat and killed and enslaved, I hope that we would stop what we were doing and go help them. Right. I hope that we would have been those abolitionists back then. Right. You know, to go and save our brother you know our sister so exactly um that's yeah. what i i always try to explain is like this is the great evil of our age right now mm-hmm. this is the this is what we're called to do um and we're not saying that other things aren't important <laughs>
1: right but no but it requires immediate it, attention it does or some things i yeah. mean your, your kid's about to grab a fire, frying pan right it, it, that requires you to run over there to drop everything and to go help your child,
0: yeah, and we become so desensitized to it because it's hidden, because it's legal, you know, because it's so common practice. But we we forget that as we're speaking, children are dying. Yeah, as people are listening to this, children are dying, and mm-hmm. so that's why it's so important, and that's why we put such an emphasis on it. You know, you're right. Yeah,
1: 150 years ago, it was slavery. Yeah, and everybody would say, "Oh man, I would." I would mm-hmm. stop everything. I would stop all my pursuits, mm-hmm. vocational desires, yeah. and I would just try to save the, the slaves. Yeah. you know, and, Or during uh, the
0: Holocaust.
1: Min, yeah. Mid-20th century Germany. Yeah. You know, we'd say, oh, man, if I were in that situation, no, oh, I would do everything I can to be another Schindler. Yeah. Right, and try to save them. But in this situation, because, you know, we're so desensitized to it, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just don't see the, the involvement of the church as it should be, which is part of this podcast. We want to try to wake people up to right. keep the fight, right? Yeah. Um, That's a good question. Um, So we are talking about, you know, as we talk about the destruction of idols, and we're going to get a little bit into the format of our shows, I think a good good thing to do just as a disclaimer is to say we're not talking about the physical destruction of people or anything. Right. You know, we use words like provoked and, you know, we need to decimate idolatry and destroy idols. And, of course, we're not saying... Uh, or inciting any type of violence against a person. Yeah. Because here's the thing, you know, and you quoted Calvin. He said our hearts are idol factories yeah. right, right here. And we make idols out of pets. And we're not saying go home and chuck your dog <laughs> in the trash. And we make idols out of our wives, right. our husbands, our children. Right. Uh, and so we're not, of course, saying destroy those. And, and even, you know, unfortunately in the past, there's been some people who have killed abortionists no, and, yeah. you know, took it to a very evil and sinful place. Yeah. Sinful place. We would never ever condone that. Right. You know? We do think abortionists should be held culpable. Right. Um for their sins. Right. But we're saying it's not the arm of the church that yeah. goes about, you know, penalizing this type of behavior. That's the arm of the state. Right. Yeah. So um but in in Paul kind of explains it here clearly. He says in second Corinthians ten three through five, he says for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons are warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So we all have enemies. And, and when you get into the, the fight for children, you your enemies come out. Yeah. You know, we deal with people that hate us, right. that want to stop us. As, as pastors in a church, we're constantly under attack. From without and more painfully even from within. Yeah. Um, but we don't just line our enemies up and as this verse is talking, we don't war according to the flesh. You don't just attack your enemies. Right. You know, Jesus says, Love your enemies, bless those who persecute you. Yeah. You know, we do not even though you're reviled, you don't revile. It's talking about how Jesus was reviled, but he didn't revile. Right. So in no way are we talking about hurting anyone or destroying anything. But he goes on to say, We are we are destroying he uses pretty strong language here we're destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of god and we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of christ so he says we don't wage war like the world like a physical combat sense but we do and it's a command of god here we are to destroy speculations that word destroyed means to take down to demolish Mm -hmm. to bring something down to the ground and the word speculations this is a new american standard version a speculation is a conjectural consideration of a matter, right? A speculation is an opinion. So Paul is saying we are to take down opinions that are not rooted in facts. That's what that word means. Wow. It's, it's subjective bias. And if you think about it, the foundation of all antichrist ideologies and systems of thought are not rooted in objective truth. Yeah. but false subjective bias and we see that don't we oh yeah. especially at the mill right when we get into conversations yeah because they have to they have to reject any sound logic right. or any sound reason we see it constantly even as you bring up you know scientific facts about the baby
0: oh yeah I mean that and that's why it's it's really difficult and this is why I'm I'm looking forward to uh, our next episode when we're going to be talking to pro-choicers mm-hmm. it's difficult to carry on a conversation without the other side the pro-choice side just resorting to absurdity name-calling cursing because they realized they were bankrupt with facts <laughs> you know they have no scientific grounding they have no moral grounding they have no logical grounding and of
1: course no theological grounding. no
0: theological grounding and so what is that it's just like the schoolyard you get a dodgeball chucked at your head you know it, it they just result to fighting um and so hopefully though it'll be interesting to talk to some pro-choicers and have, you know have a, a hopefully uh decent conversation respectful um of course we're going to be loving and respectful but hopefully that will be reciprocated but i'm i'm excited to do that and kind of just show people like what that looks like so when they go out and engage the culture with these questions they're prepared to right. have answers and they see you know they just can see what it's like to yeah to dialogue absolutely yeah. so
1: that's good so we'll talk just i don't know how long we've been going for. i don't
0: know i was i've Thinking we should
1: probably look. Yeah, maybe wrap it up pretty quick. Yeah, uh, but just maybe we'll talk about and you just got into it. Yeah, what people can expect yeah, if yeah. they come on and listen to provoked. Right. Um, the format of the show. So as we we're talking about being you know provoking or encouraging or stimulating our brothers and sisters to preach the gospel, save babies, and and you know tear down idols in their own lives. Yeah. Um, but how we are going to do it on the show is we're going to bring people on who adhere to these type of idolatrous ideologies or Mm -hmm. adhere to these antichrist systems of thought. And we're going to be loving about it. And we're just going to allow them to come on and to present their case. And then we're going to engage with that and do the best that we can, not only to um, show the absurdity of Mm -hmm. their thought system, because again, if you reject the God of the Scripture, you will always amount to absurdity. Right. Not only to do that, but we have to also have to understand that these are souls. Right. These are people that yeah. we're talking to. And I think what should be paramount is not winning an argument with these folks. right? Um, it's being calm and rational and um, respectful and collected and doing the best that we can to expose the folly right. of, of, of how they think and these foundational systems that they adhere to. But also to be evangelistic we want to be about winning them right as far as we can yeah you know, just by sharing the gospel to them so what you can expect as you come on is we're gonna you know week after or not week after i think we're gonna do it twice a month yeah so bi-weekly we're gonna come on and you'll hear a conversation i think for our second episode i think we have two or three pro-choicers lined up
0: yeah and we might not be able to have people come on for every episode but you know, with you going out so often to the mills and, sure. uh, yeah. you know, some of it's going to be just what happened that week, mm-hmm. you know, going out, um, and the conversations you had that you can share, um, yeah, so, can dissect, right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and I'm hoping like, even just for like moms who are at home and listening to this and, and dads, but people that maybe you're, you're at work or you're folding laundry and taking care of kids and you think, you know, how is this applicable to me? I don't really get out much, but This is going to equip you how to train your children. It's going to equip you on um, maybe talking to your coworker Mm -hmm. or your grandma or your neighbor. There's somebody God's put in your life right now that you can share the gospel with or that abortion is going to come up or some other subject is going to come up that maybe you just felt a little timid about talking or maybe you felt a little insecure um, in your ability, but just knowing that God uses the things that are foolish to shame the wise. And so you don't have to be you don't have to be pastor james or pastor jeff or ray comfort you know you are a christian and yeah. you can share the gospel well,
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so that's how we win
0: That's right yeah it's
1: body and when we get the body of christ every single aspect of it yeah um to be sharing the gospel with their spheres of influence of the people that they rub shoulders well, that's how we win that's yeah. how the gospel exponentially spread exponentially spreads across this nation this earth Right. Um, That's what we want. That's what we want to do. We just want to help. We just want to be some regular brothers and sisters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple of things that we need to say is we don't feel like we're going to filter or censor our our show. And so as we get into conversations, it could get heated. You know, we promise to keep our cool. Yeah. And um, but, you know, if you're listening to the show with your kids, you know, there there could be some uh, foul language that you hear. We just want to warn you. Maybe this is not the best show, especially if we have somebody on, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll warn you. We're, mm-hmm. we're gonna have people on, so you can know and maybe not to turn it on with little, little ears listening. Yeah, because uh, we expect there to be some maybe some explosive yeah. uh, conversations just based upon the particular person that we're talking to and right. the particular
0: the nature of the subject. Exactly yeah. the
1: nature of the subject and how that can you know get um, people riled up. We see it all the time.
0: Oh yeah. Camilla yeah, I posted something on Facebook yesterday in like our community uh, group looking for i'm I was looking for just a pro-choice person. And it was a really you you couldn't really tell what side I was on. It was a very ambiguous post. but, Oh my gosh, just just asking for a pro-choice person to, to interview, it turned into like a bloodbath. <laughs> like People were just oh, yeah. fighting each other. I got crazy messages. Like just for posting that, somebody was like, you have a hateful heart. And I just was like, what did I say that was hateful? Like they, there was nothing. It's just even mentioning the word pro-choice uh, just incites anger in people. So.
1: Right, right it does. Uh, that's just the light. Right. You know jesus said man does not come to the light lest his deeds are exposed and Romans says that god is or sorry man is at enmity mm-hmm. uh with god right so it just flows out especially in the context of abortion you just see it and uh i think rusty says it it's just the scriptures on display yeah. as you get out there because i i do believe it's the gates of hell out there and that's where the devil is accompli- accomplishing so much of his work to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically the show. You know, as Paul is talking about provoking, you know, when when Paul was provoked, you know, that word does mean to anger. Mm-hmm. And I think what we want to do, and I think one of the most disheartening things is that there's this, there's just so much apathy within the church at large. You know, that's an antonym mm-hmm. of that word provoked. Synonym is. To anger, to incite but one of the antonyms is um, apathy, yeah, and a lack of interest, yeah, um, and that's it's it's just disheartening to see so many babies being killed and all of this uh, going on year after year, and the answer is always God's people. Mm-hmm. You think about slavery, you think about um, what drove the men even to. To storm the beaches of Normandy, mm-hmm. yeah, it's love for their neighbor. Right. It was a, it was a biblical undergirding and a love for God. And a lot of those men. Yeah. Um. So what we want to do is we want to provoke. You know, we want, we need more angry people. Yeah. You know, Ephesians four says, "Be angry and do not sin." So you can be angry and sin, but yeah. there's this anger that we need to have against, you know, towards children dying. Yeah. Being burned to death in the wombs of their mother and being torn apart we have to have more angry christians but channeling that anger in a constructive way
0: yeah and doing something like there's this great spurgeon quote i'm not going to say the whole thing because it's long but he just starts out by saying brethren do something do something do something like there's yeah. there's a lot of work to be done you know
1: no, absolutely
0: so well, well that's
1: episode number one yeah and i love you i think you did a good job love you too and i'm excited to see what what god's going to do with this Me so too. we will uh We will be back on when we come back on. Right. Uh, But again, our second episode, we will have some pro-choicers on. We don't know exactly how that conversation Mm -hmm. is going to go. Yeah. But um, as my sister's been saying, do something. Yeah. Get out there, share the gospel. We want to help you do that. So thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, thank you. God bless you guys.